Wow, ladies, I am so excited to be here because, like Holly said, this is my passion, every one of you guys. I love moms. I love the job of mom. I mean, it just... um, I'm just so excited just to be able to, my heart is to encourage you. I don't want anybody to leave here overwhelmed. I mean, that is not my heart because this is an overwhelming season, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I really, my phone number's at the bottom. There's other mentor mom's phone numbers on the card. Please reach out to us. I don't want, you know, the heart behind this ministry was the girl that started it, she did it for the one lost sheep. And I don't want anybody here to be the one lost sheep that pulls off in isolation. That's not what God, God called you. He called you to be a mom. And so, and like I'll say later, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Um, this is my sweet family, my husband, and then my son, Blaine. Sally's on the left, Gracie, and then myself. Um, I just, uh-oh. Aha, point it there. Okay, it's not wanting to. There we go. And there is, like I said, my, my oldest daughter is at A&M. She's awesome, and I love the whoops coming because I never went to A&M, but I have drank the Kool-Aid. I, I've learned the whoop. I whoop at everything. Everybody I see, I'm like, howdy. I mean, I just, I've got it going on. Okay, mentor moms. I always say that we're just like a few stepping stones ahead of you. Now, this was Holly and Jill. I had them do this. And if you think that's really the way we went across the stepping stones, I can assure you, I posed for the next one, and this is the way. So I'm going to tell you right now, we know where you've been. We really do. And so we just want, our heart is to encourage you. I got a really dose of, when I started thinking about discipline, and I started thinking about, you know, really encouraging y'all on that, I love that verse uh, that says, discipline yourself or train yourself for godliness. Paul is talking about, you know, Physical training is of little value, but godliness is good for this life, the present life, and the life to come. So, oh, oh, I was going to talk about this first. Okay, if I was going to submit something to the Lord, I would say, okay, Lord, moms of 2015 on the left. I mean, I know what we need. We need all these hands, and I think God would tell me, he would say, come on, Millie, I need to meet you at the well. I think he would say, Go to Isaiah 40. Don't you know? I mean, have you not heard? Have you forgotten? I mean, you're going to grow weary. I mean, I'd like to say this mom, I'm sure she has her Bible in that bucket. But I mean, I'm just saying God wants us to be dependent on him. He knows we're going to grow weary. And I thought back, that's really me about that time on the right. But I like that her hair's kind of moosed up and she's got some lipstick on so I'm sure but that's a lot lot of what my days look like um if I did not have the Lord in my heart if I wasn't encouraged um so here's a physical you know physical training that's of some value and then the Bible's sitting there going just read me please get to know me and then this is the Bible who definitely's had some you know wear and tear And I love that it says a Bible falling apart is usually not reflective of its owner or of the one that owns it. So guys, get in your Bible. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't even know where to go, but God will show you. And that's where you have community and you have other people pointing you back to Christ. Um, So my daughter, she gets in the car uh, in the fall and she says, I joined cross country today. And I was like, really? I was like cross country. And I'm thinking in my mind, hail rhymes with snail. I mean, it's probably not a good idea, but I thought I'm not going to burst a rebel. I was like, well, when's your first meet? And she said, Tuesday. 
I'm like, are you kidding? She didn't even run to the car. I mean, we don't run at all. So I'm thinking, this is not going to be good. So the first meet, I'm looking, I'm waiting. You know, they have to run by the parents and then run around and go to the finish line. I don't see Grace. I see all the other girls from Forest Meadow, but no Grace. About that time I see her, she's just beside herself. (gasps) I was like, Gracie, good job. Keep running, sister. Keep going. So when we get, she's like, I can't do this. I can't. And I was like, Gracie, you can do it. You can. And I was just, we were on this hamster wheel. I mean, I don't know what her deal's been. She joined a volleyball team. I can't set. I can't do it. I'm like, Gracie, you can do it. And then finally, I just one day, I said, you know what, sweetie? If you say you can't, then you can't. There's nothing I can say that's going to encourage you. Because I told her, I said, if you don't listen to anything else I teach you, listen to this. I mean, all things that are worthwhile in life are hard work. And you've got to just dig in there and you've got to work hard. So she thought about that. And the next night she came in, she was going to just come in. I was sitting on the bed and she goes, Mom, would you get up and go run with me in the morning? And I'm like, snail, hail. I'd love to do that, sweetie. So I got up at 730. We went to the track. We ran. And we started doing that every morning. And so the next meet, okay, she finished 44th. And there's all the girls, the first meet. There's, and there's probably 45 in the group. I don't know, but I mean, it wasn't, you know. And I kept telling her, take on your sister. I mean, her older sister is the most joyful person you've ever met. And Sally was one of those. She always boasted in her weakness. And so she was one of those that if somebody said, oh, well, I finished seventh and I finished tenth, Sally'd say, hey, I finished. That's the key word in that sentence, I finished. And I said, she goes, Mom, don't compare me to Sally. I said, I'm not comparing you. I'm saying just take on her yoke. Take on what she says. It's boasting your weakness. Who cares what you finish? But people have Instagram and they put their ribbons on there. I was like, just don't worry about it, Gracie. You run a Gracie mile. Just do your thing. So I said, all things in life that are of any value are hard work. And so this godliness thing, I mean, hey, it's going to be hard work, but it's worth it. And it's just so important as you go through. Okay, I always, I use this slide a lot because I love it. And I read a long time ago, you're going to give your kids three legacies, emotional, social, and spiritual. And guys, I don't, I didn't, you know, my husband inherited a beaded wedding gown. He has a mom that loves the Lord. And I always say when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell them Julie sent me. Because I really, when I met them, I knew two scriptures, John three sixteen. And Jesus wept. And I don't even know the address for Jesus wept, but I knew those two. So, I mean, you know, either in some people, I didn't, I wasn't handed a box of rags. I was raised in a home that we went to church every Sunday. We checked that box, but we didn't talk about the Bible in our home. It wasn't even a part of us, but I knew I wanted something different for my family. So if you were handed a box of rags in your spiritual legacy, stiff arm it. There can always be a fork in the road. Don't be discouraged. I mean, I just think that's very important. But, but keep in mind what you want to hand your kids. You want to hand them a beaded wedding gown. Um, you know what? I mean, the greatest thing, that's my Gracie. She went to, I was finally able, it was the right season for me to go to BSF when she turned two. So I started BSF and I went through nine years. And if any one of you lacks wisdom, ask the Lord. He doesn't only give you wisdom, he gives generously. And I will tell you, as I show you later, he has built on so many verses that I love. He has built on those verses to just expand them to mean so much more. And I know what this verse means when he's talking about wisdom, because I knew just like a little bit and I used it how I wanted to use it. And then he has gone on to grow and grow and grow in that. 
Um, you know, I was going to tell you, if I told every woman in here, you've got to go home, and Tony too, um, you've got to go home and you've got to save $300 over the next three months, you would tell me, oh my gosh, Millie, there's no way we're on a fixed income. I'm just now a stay-at-home mom. We're just making ends meet. But I will tell you, if you would just take the change out of your pocket, someday, guys, I mean, we if I find in the washer or in the dryer a penny, it has a home. And I run upstairs and I put it in my husband's change jar. And it's amazing to me. After about three or four months, I take all that change to the, to the little cash thing. And it's like $300. So I'm just telling you, if you will just make, it might be Jesus wept today. Just take one little bitty thing. If somebody says a verse to you at church, run home, get your Bible out, mark it. Just do one little thing. I'm not asking you to, to do all these magnificent, you know, memorize, you know, Psalm 119. I'm just saying, just make one little step every day. God says, give me your heart, your will, and I shall change you. He will change you. Okay. Oh, see, I'm going backwards the wrong way. Okay. What do you ladies see right there? Say it out loud. What is it? It's a butterfly. Okay. Did I hear anybody say a converted sinner? I mean, a converted caterpillar. I mean, I think that we are a new creation. We are a new, that's what God tells us. And guys, when you are a new creation like a butterfly, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. Tap into it. I mean, who got out of bed this morning? A caterpillar. Not, okay, and that's okay. There are days I get out as a caterpillar. So thank you, we have one caterpillar. Y'all don't fly out of the room since we have all these butterflies. Um, I'm just saying, Understand, this is what God wants you to be. It's a butterfly. He wants you to be that woman. This is a beautiful butterfly, and you are a new creation. So don't forget that. I mean, take on that every day and just think, I am a butterfly. I'm not. I am a new creation in Christ. Um, Okay. I think I'm going to go back real quick. The most instructional verse, I think, in the Bible is that just do it. And years ago, I thought, I'm going to to start a a business someday, and I'm going to call it just do it. Because I I read this verse, and, and, you know, really, I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is so it. And I thought, I'm going to have somebody come and paint on the door frames of my houses. And I did. I've got lots of scripture on the door frames of my houses because I didn't know that many scriptures. So I had somebody come and paint, and I put all these scriptures up. But it says there, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Strength. Impress this on your hearts. Doesn't say, you know, I had a mom come up to me at T-Barm family camp this summer, and she's like, oh, you know so much scripture. I just want to know scripture so I can teach it to my kids. I go, whoa, 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 wait. You don't want to know scripture so you can teach it to your kids. You want to know scripture, because you're not going to be able to give that away if you don't have it. You learn scripture for you, and then it'll naturally come to your children. So I'm just going to say, what does this verse say when it says, uh, you know, um, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you lie down, when you get up? It is life. It's everyday life. It's not come gather around kids, let's have a little devotion time. It's not that. It's when you get up in the morning and you're snuggling them and you, you know, at night when my kids went to bed, I used to draw their faces. And they still to this day, my youngest daughter will say, Mom, you draw my face. And I would go through all the little things. These are your eyes that God made so you could see. And these are, you know, I went through her whole little face. And so I love it because this is where it is, guys. It's the daily moments every day that this verse comes alive. And so I just don't want y'all to miss it because the Bible becomes a, a, 
effective when you refer to it, when you talk about it, when you quote it, when you read it. All those times in life, it becomes effective. But, okay, this verse, when Sally was born, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, it came on a burp cloth or whatever. So, hey, I tucked that away in my deal. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139.14, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So, you know, fast forward to Gracie. She gets in the car one day and she's crying because somebody's rewritten her, you know, script on what she, who she is. And she was like, oh, Katie said I can't play today. And I said, Gracie, what does Psalm 139.14 say? She said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I said, honey, I don't think that's the way God wrote that verse. I said, dig a little deeper. She goes, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I said, oh, I still don't think that's the way God wrote that verse. So after about five times, she was like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I said, that's exactly how he wrote it. So then fast forward to two years later, we were in a Bible study. I led a Bible study in her little fourth grade class a different school. And so we learned, I told the girls, we're going to learn the whole verse. Well, I was so surprised when Psalm 139, 14 included, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So it was from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head. And I would say to you ladies, I think that as much time as I've spent with young moms, the one thing that we don't get as moms is the way Christ loves us. We don't understand the love of Christ. So a few days ago. So I think we've got to start understanding that. We've got to get a handle on. And I think really Paul says that best when he talks in, you know, in uh, Ephesians, when he talks in, and he says, come to know and believe in the love of Christ. Um, you know, the very hairs on your head are numbered. You are more valuable than a flock of sparrows. I mean, look at what a flock of sparrows. I mean, I looked at, I thought, I love that, that song, His Eye is on the Sparrow. So I looked it up to find why that song was written, and it was about a couple that went to stay with this other couple in New York, and the lady was bedridden, and the husband, um, he was in, confined to a wheelchair. She'd been bedridden for 20 years. And so this lady was like, I, ma'am, I've got to ask you, why are you so joyful and hopeful? And she looked at her, and she said, well, his eye is on the sparrow. I know he watches me. And she was so moved that she went back and her and her husband wrote this song. So you see that he let, I mean, you're more valuable than a flock of sparrows. Well, fast forward on this verse, I will praise you, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. I was sitting with the mom that homeschools and she was grading papers and she was saying that her kids volunteer at the zoo. And she was like, yeah, did you know that the giraffe has a black tongue because God didn't want him to get sunburned and he eats 140 pounds of, you know, leaves every day. And I was like, really? And so I started looking at all these things that the animals, the, the panda bear has two layers in his throat because he eats bamboo and God doesn't want him to scratch his throat. So he gave him to, I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, am I not getting how I'm uniquely, I'm wonderfully made? I mean, I've got to embrace, God did all these things for all these animals. And do I not think that I'm made in the image of Christ, that he didn't make me that way? So in, in just the way he wanted me. So I just want to encourage y'all, don't take that for granted about, you know, how God made you. Okay, so now we're going to get into, and, and one thing I want to say on this Ephesians three sixteen through 18. Paul, I have grown to love Paul. We're studying Romans for all of y'all that are in Wednesday morning or Thursday night Bible study. And it's so fabulous to see how Paul is so passionate. I mean, I love the way he says, you know, when it says, uh, the, the psalm says, I know that full well, which he didn't write that, but he did write uh, Romans 8, and it says, uh, be convinced 
Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Not 10 pounds, not the fact that you yelled at your child today. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And y'all need to be confident. I think Paul, just to see his heart when he says, I want you to be able to grasp how wide and deep and tall, he wants you to understand the love of Christ. If you can get that right, because, you know, I read a quote that said, you can't passionately love the Lord until you understand how passionate he, passionately he loves you. So just be, I mean, mindful of that. Now, when disciplining, God talks about disciplining, and he talks about the rod and the reproof. Uh, Well, actually, he's talking about he who loves is careful to discipline, and God's discipline always grows out of love. So I think it's very important to look at, guys, what are the three things for certain? There's three things I know right now about every one of your children. They were born sinful. That's Romans 3.23. It's not if, but when will they sin? You can look at these little babies. I mean, you know, I have, my son was really sweet and great until he turned three. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, it says children are a gift from the Lord. Believe me, there was a day where I thought, how about re-gifting? I mean, I wondered if that was legal, but it wouldn't have been appropriate only at like a white elephant. I was like, honey, do we have a box big enough? Um, You know, there were just those days. I mean, you know, so every child comes into their own at some point. So you just get ready. I mean, there's no doubt those sweet little babies you're holding. And then this is very important. Folly is bound up in the heart of the child. Folly is foolishness. Some kids, my son was on the left, my older daughter was on the right. I mean, she had folly there. There was definitely opportunities to discipline her, but my son was like a tight, wound up, you know, ball or what, just a, a spool of thread like that. And then the last one is, don't make light. Uh oh. Don't make light of sin. I mean, it's no laughing matter. I mean, I always tell parents, add 10 years to what your kids are doing today. That, you know, that was probably two or three. That doesn't look good at 13. Let me tell you, I've got a third. That's not, it doesn't look good. But that was kind of a joke she used to love to do. That was her, what you talking about, Willis look. But anyways, (laughs) hi, y'all laughed and y'all are too young for that. (laughs) Somebody's up late at night watching Nick at night. I can tell you that right now. Some of you moms are feeding in the middle of the night. Love it. So sin is not a laughing matter. Don't make light of it. Okay, here's the age-old question. To spank or not to spank? And I don't want to offend. If I see any, shut those doors and lock them. If I see anybody leaving, I've had some moms when I've been sitting out there holding somebody's baby, they come out, oh, they're talking about spanking. I didn't want to be in there. And that's fine. But I'm just saying, delight yourself in the Lord. Let him tell you. I want y'all to be prayerful. Ask the Lord, how should I discipline this child? He created that child. He knows better than anybody. But I'm just telling you, to spank or not to spank? This is the age-old question. I'm going to show you what the Bible says about the rod and the reproof. Now, for me, the woman that didn't know any scripture but wanted to know scripture, and this is a new spoon, by the way. I just wrote these last night because mine is broken, not because of my kids, not because I hit it on my kids. Um, Really, actually, my husband came in. It's a true story. And he hit the spoon on the, on the cabinet one day. This is many years ago. And it splintered off and broke. And the kids clapped. And then, like, three or four years later, I was speaking on discipline. So I went and bought me a new spoon. And it, I had it all written up. And it was sitting on the thing. Gracie goes, we're going back to that. I go, no. So when, I, when she saw this this morning when I took her to school, I was like, i got to go get the wooden spoon so I can write on it. So anyway, so the spoon says to spank or not spank. It, this comes with a huge responsibility. And for me, I wanted to have concrete 
reasons, when I went to go get this spoon, I knew what I was called to do. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, no discipline seems... Now, my three favorite verses were no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Hebrews twelve eleven, which I have on the back. And uh, do all things without arguing and complaining. Um, so I knew it came with a huge responsibility, but you have to do it correctly. It's the rod and the reproof, the discipline and the instruction. And please don't miss that because I'm going to show you. This is reproof, ladies. This is reproof. It's where you come to your child. Okay, if you've had an instant where you have to spank, you know, then you need to come to your child and reproof them. If they pitch a fit and scream and cry, wait for the moment. But every discipline uh, incident will come with a restoration phase if you're available. And you need to be available. I, I've never had an instant where my kids didn't come to me like this. But I mean, it was, it was one of those things. When, one thing I knew when I went to go get the spoon, it was an effort. So if it was in the kitchen drawer, if I said, you know, Blaine, obedience, I'd say doing, and he'd say what I told. And I'd say when I told, with what? And I'd say, he'd say cheerful attitude. And I'd say, show me your cheerful attitude. Now, if he chose to do it, he knew there was a consequence involved. And I didn't say, I told you not to do that. You know, I didn't rush in there and get my spoon and come back. I had time to think about what I was doing. My goal and our goal for our kids when we, tra- when we you know, discipline them is to train them. It's not about, I will tell you, it's not about, we're not trying to raise robotical kids that make us look good when they go out. Because let me tell you something. I mean, it checks. But um, I, who, Andrea Cole, I know my sweet Andrea is here. Um, I had an instant this week where Coach Cole, Andrea's husband, is my son's golf coach. Talk about praying for something, a godly man that's over him. So I get the call, and he said, hey, he calls me Miss Sunshine, which is so nice. But he said, hey, um, I just, we had an incident with Blaine at school. I, a teacher came and told me he was disrespectful. And it's so funny because over the last two weeks, it's, everyone's always told me, oh, when your son turns 13, just wait, he's going to pull away from you, and he's going to, well, he never did. He's always loved me. And if, if you see us downstairs, he'll probably walk up and put his arm around me. He's always been so loving. So I've just thought, hey, I'm going to enjoy it. I always introduce him. Oh, this is my 15-year-old son that still loves me. Um, But now he's 16. So, you know, we're not big cell phone people, and so we're kind of the meanest parents in the world. So he hasn't had an iPhone. So for his 16th birthday, I lobbied for him. He got his iPhone. He was so excited. But then all of a sudden, he started pulling away from me, which he's never done that. And so finally, you know, I kept kind of, you know, stopping him in the kitchen, and I'd be like doing one of these, and he was trying to get around me. I was like, what about me? You know, you love me, don't you? So he was just really, if I sat on the couch, he leaned the other way and he usually leaned into me. So the other day on the way to school, I just in a low tide moment, I'm so thankful he doesn't have his license yet. But I said, hey, buddy, I just noticed that you're pulling away from me and I don't get it. Have I done, oh, there's my sweet girl. I said, I don't know. I mean, is this something, have I done something to offend you? I said, I know you don't think I'm funny. Some people do, but I know you don't. And I mean, I know I'm weak. I know I'm corny, but I said, you know, what is the deal? And he said, well, no, you know, he just really didn't say anything. But he said, when he got out, he said, thanks, mom, have a good day. And I could tell his heart softened a little bit. So when I saw Coach Cole, I thought, oh, well, they're going on a golf trip. I know he's probably calling about that. 
He said, well, your son was disrespectful to a teacher today, and I saw a little bit of disrespect, and it's kind of like he's changed a little bit. And I said, oh, my gosh, thank you for loving us enough. I just had this talk with him today. So I rushed to the computer. I wrote his teacher a letter because she's the one that came to Coach Cole. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know you, but if I did know you, I would come up there and hug your neck, and thank you so much for loving us enough. And, you know, I'm telling you, come to me. This is not humiliating to me. It's not human. It's not about me. There's nothing about this, ladies, that when your kids act out in public, there's nothing about that that is about you. Your job is to train. So don't get bogged down as, oh my gosh, everybody in here thinks I'm the worst mom. So be it. So be it. I never, I mean, you know, like at the grocery store, my kids acted up when I got to the checkout. I said, huh, last time I'm bringing my sister's kids to the grocery store. I just let people know. I mean, I just told them it's, they're not mine. I don't know what's going on. Probably need to spend more time with them. So don't let this be about you. And so the teacher emails me back and she said, oh my gosh, I, th- I can't believe, oh my goodness, I, I figured Blaine came from a great family because I've just grown to love him this year, but I had no idea. Thank you so much. You know, and I was like, partner with me. I'm not trying to raise, I'm trying to raise a godly, respectful young man. I need you. I need a partner. And I said, I've prayed so much for Coach Cole this year, but now I'm figuring out I'm praying for you too. I mean, be my hands and feet. I'm not there. So be my hands and feet at Christ. See it in my eyes. See what you see. You know, reprove him. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, we're not out of the woods yet, but hey, I have not gotten my pink slip. So I'm just trying to tell you, ladies, we are all in this together. I'm, I'm stuck on that one step, though, this week. I was thinking, rats, I have not arrived yet for sure. So it's the rod and the reproof. My kids got spankings for two reasons, willful disobedience and disrespect. And let me tell you, that ad in the 10 years, you've got to handle it. And you just have to have zero tolerance. And I'm telling you, those words need to be common words. You can do the obedience, doing what I'm told when I'm told with a cheerful attitude. Train your kids about what does a cheerful attitude look like? Why don't you show mommy what that looks like? Okay, what is disrespect? We all know disrespect. You just got to say You know, Blaine, that was so disrespectful to me. You know, I told Blaine after, okay, so I ended up picking him up at school. We had our conversation. So he had a friend with him, and they went to small group. He's taking a friend to small group. So I didn't get to have my conversation with him until 945, so I just acted like everything was okay. But I told him, I said, you know, Blaine, I was revisiting in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. And it says, children, obey your parents for this is right. And then it goes on to say, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that you, it will go well with you on earth and that you, it'll go well with you and that you will live a long life on this earth. Well, come on, guys, don't we want that for our kids, that it will go well with them for the rest of There's a promise there to call them to honor us. And so we've just got to be so rooted and grounded in God's word that we just don't accept anything less than their best. So willful disobedience and disrespect. And disrespect, guys, is hands on hip, finger pointing. You know, I love it when parents, they say, oh, you know, that is so cute. I'm not gonna. And I'm like, no, no, that at 13 is not cute. I can tell you I have had a 13 year old. That is not cute. So stand firm on those things and really be rooted and grounded in that. Okay, this is obedience. That was my cheerful attitude. That was what I got from Sally. That's what I got from Blaine. That's what I got from Grace. It was always the cheesiest. I'm like, pass the mozzarella. It was the cheesiest smile ever. But that's what they thought a cheerful attitude look like. So question them. Okay, B, okay, here's the thing. I said reproof in a low tide moment. Um, 
Now, this was one of the things that my pediatrician told me, and I'm going to give you a couple of examples just to show you. And some of you have heard these examples before, and I'm telling you, the reason they are so embedded in my brain, because it was the first time that I saw, my pediatrician said, don't ever give your kids a taste of victory. It was Joseph Peterman. I love that man. Don't ever give your kids a taste of victory. And I was thinking, really? What does that mean? He said, they will never get that taste out of their mouth. So, Uh, We're rocking along. Sally's 16 months, never had a temper tantrum about that time. I put on this vest that my mom made. It was a Noah's Ark vest. It was a handmade vest. Anyways, um, and she did not like it. Well, she had never, never balked about clothes before. So, I mean, I didn't know that was such a big deal to her. She drops, so we're going to El Phoenix. That was our Wednesday night. That was like our treat every Wednesday night. So she drops to the ground, kicking and screaming. And so for about the first minute, I was like, what? I was like pulling up a chair. What is going on? Never seen this before. But then I thought, oh my gosh, why am I watching this? So I walked on and she follows me and I'm thinking, what, what is this? So my husband gets home right in the midst of this. He's like, what is going on? I said, she doesn't want to wear the vest. He said, are you going to let that ruin the evening? I said, yes, I am. But it's not going to ruin a lifetime. She's wearing the vest. So we get to El Phoenix about 15 minutes later with the vest on. She's eating the chips and hot sauce. And I was like, that's what Dr. Peterman meant. No taste of victory. I won. Now, the next day, did I do things different? Oh, yes. Evidently, clothes were a big deal. So we, we set up a system. She was 18 months. I didn't even know if she understood that. But I said, hey, Sally, today we have somewhere to go. You get a choice. Would you like to wear this or would you like to wear this? Now, on days where she'd come to the top of the stairs as she got older and she said, are we going anywhere? I'm like, nope. Sky's the limit, whatever you want to wear. Well, sometimes that was a flowered shirt and some polka-dotted shorts. And so a friend called and said, you want to go lunch? I'm like, sure. She got to wear that. I mean, you know, so we just didn't make it a big deal. But the thing that I hear a lot of parents say is, oh, yeah, let her change the vest. I'm not going to, I am not going to pick that battle. Yes, you got to pick that battle. That was disrespectful. She, and so she learned very quickly that she, how to handle, I mean, it takes time sometimes, guys. It doesn't happen on the first time. But if they're old enough to know defiance, they're old enough to know compliance. Now, my ladies over there were talking about how they really wanted to know just that. She goes, well, you know, when do you really start disciplining and what's the right age? And let me just tell you, I could say here, who has the smartest child in the room? And I bet everybody's hand would go up. And then I could say, well, are you disciplining him? Oh, they don't, they don't understand that yet. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me they're reading Gone with the Wind, but they don't understand. So don't be mistaken. They understand everything. If you can say, go over there and get your book or go over there and get you, and they scurry over there, they need to start, you need to start disciplining and talking about it. So, I mean, I think that's just very important to get that. Okay. Another thing is, you know, we, the hell share. We're a big sharing family. I mean, when my kids were little, we'd go all go to Sonic and we'd get one drink because we like to drink after each other. And what's the big deal? One time to go to Sonic and let everybody get a drink. And then the next day you come out and there's four cups in your car and they're about half drank. I thought we're just going to, so we took turns. Who got to pick the drink? Well, Gracie said, she announces when she's about five, I don't want to share today. I'm going to go, okay, not going to argue with you. If you don't want to share, that's fine with me. So I ordered up. I said, Blaine, what would you like? Oh, strawberry lime slush. I said, oh, strawberries are in season, and that's Gracie's favorite. So I said, when I ordered, I said, um, we'll have a Route 44 strawberry lime slush with lots of strawberries, and then we're going to have a water with no ice. Well, her eyes went up like, who's getting the water with no eyes? Well, you didn't want to share. So when we get it, I pass it back to her, and she's like, so my son, on cue, I don't know how he did it, but he was like, mm, these strawberries are so good. Gracie goes, 
well, I want to, can I have some? I said, oh, baby, you didn't want to share. I'm sorry. Maybe next time you'll remember that we share in our family. So it wasn't me getting mad. Yes, we're going to share. We're going to, it was just me saying, hey, that was your choice. It wasn't a good choice because, man, there were tons of strawberries in there. But it's just standing firm. You don't get riled up in that. Another example is going to Target one day. We were going. I was going to try on a bathing suit, which is never a good thing anyways. So I told my kids we were going to go to lunch with a friend. So we had about 30 minutes. So I said, okay, we're going to go in Target. And I said, we're going to go to lunch with the Bartos if y'all can be nice to one another when we go in Target. They acted like, okay, hail. I was thinking hellions. They acted like complete buffoons. I didn't say anything in Target. I thought, okay, this is it. They've obviously sent a message. They don't want to go to lunch. So I tried on the bathing suit. I, I was in a bad mood anyways. We get in the car, and I just picked up the phone. I called my friend. I said, hey, Patty, this is Millie. I said, you know, I just realized I should have gotten some bread in there because our bread is stale, but my kids have decided to go home and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so you, please take Bradley, and y'all go to the funnest lunch. I hope y'all go. And they're like going, Grace, Blaine. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I told you the rules. I'm sorry, we're going home to have that peanut butter and jelly. So be a parent that your kids can count on. Consistency, if you say say, say it, then mean it. You know, there's no fighting about that. There was no me yelling. There was no, it's just like, hey, these were the rules. Y'all broke the rules, so we're going to go with this. So I think your kids, once you do that a couple times, they'll get that it's just not worth it. Okay, the heart of every issue is about the heart. And it is about, the ladies over there were saying, how do you train someone's heart? But it is really, uh, in my house, it's always, you know, like my son the other day, I was like, Blaine, your heart's just been cloudy. I mean, enlighten me. What's going on with, what's going on with you? I mean, please tell me. So the heart of every issue, we're going to talk about attitude. And I will tell you what, it's not the one thing, um, it says a gentle answer uh, turns away wrath, um, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I will tell you, look at all those faces. You know, we talked about reproof. This is not reproof. This is, I love the verse Proverbs 26, 4, and it just says, uh, don't answer uh, folly with folly. Um, because that's like putting another log on the fire. I mean, if your kid's are if you answer them with anger or harshness, then that's what happens. It just spirals out of control. And I'm not saying this week I was busy doing the PowerPoint and my kids were out just bickering about volleyball and I heard them out there and I was so getting reeled in. And so I just went to the back window and I just looked at him. But I did. I opened the door and said, guys, I'm going to make y'all go apologize to the neighbors if y'all don't, you know, zip it, which wasn't the right thing to do. But they were like, you know, well, he did this and he did that. Um, and so I'm just saying, it, it wasn't fruitful. I mean, it did, nothing came good out of me snapping at them out the door. So, I mean, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you will be like him yourself. And I would just tell you, the restoration phase, model forgiveness. If they come to you, if you snap at them, I had a friend that I went and met with last week, and I texted her this week and said, she lives way out in Frisco, she's a friend of mine's uh, girl that I work with, and she, I said, how's your week going? She goes, oh, we were doing so good. Now, her, her son, oldest is seven, and they've gotten in this pattern of some really bad, you know, 
parenting, I mean, just parenting styles. And so I said, how's your week going? She goes, oh, I was doing so good initially. And this morning we had a horrible morning. And I said, well, honey, it's like being on a diet. If somebody passes around the chocolate, you may take one chocolate kiss, but don't chalk it up as the whole day, your diet whole day's ruined. Push the restart button. Don't let today get away and then fall back in that pattern. She goes, oh, that's a good way to look at it. I said, just press on. So there's always that forgiveness. I mean, model that for your kids. Because you know what, guys? You're, this is an ongoing thing. But you've got to parent, um, you know, just with the end in mind and just knowing where you're going toward godliness. It is about training. Uh, I love this because I never have seen it that way. But that verse that says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of life, for the joy that he endured when he endured the cross, that joy was you. That joy was me. When he went to the cross, he went specifically to reconcile us back to Christ. Don't look at that lightly. I mean, you know, I will tell you, attitude is key. And joy, you've got, joy is our birthright as Christians. I mean, I don't know if y'all know that, but when you're that butterfly and you have the Holy Spirit in you, it's your job to choose joy. And whatever in Philippians 4, uh, where it talks about fix your, fix your mind on whatever's right, whatever's noble, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's excellent, You've got to consciously, I heard somebody talking the other day and they said, you, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep a bird from building a nest in your hair. So girls, if you see a bird coming with a twig in its mouth, get it away. Don't dwell on that. You know, that's one of those things when you walk by the trash can and your husband didn't take the trash out and you're like, great. You know, I don't think your husband went by and said, I'm going to hack Millie off today. I would take that out, but I'm not going to do it. I don't think he did that. And so then you dwell on that all day. Well, he didn't take the trash out. I'm not making him the dinner that he wanted. I'm not doing this. And then you see his shoes in the den. And so you start, that's a feast. I'm telling you, you've got a bird nest with about three or four eggs in it. Don't go there. Just, you've got to think, oh my, you know, I had a friend one time I called and I said, oh, Blaine just, he's doing this, he's doing that. And she said, Millie, you have a godly husband that loves the Lord. She said, you hang up this phone and go love on him. And I said, well, this is the last time I'm calling you. I mean, hang with me, sister. Didn't your husband do something? I mean, no, that's not what God wants us to feast on. And I will tell you, I love, I've been listening to this Choose Joy by Kay Warren. And I love her definition of what joy is. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be okay, and the determined choice to praise him. Um, I would just tell you that, you know, we've got to, one of my favorite verses right now, um, well, well, I was just going to say, I'll go to this one. It says, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice. Y'all should say this. We should say this every morning when we get out of bed. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice means again joy. Every day we should be choosing joy when we get up. Choose it. It is your birthright. I mean, I'm just telling you. Joy to me, though, I know I've been there. Joy to me, there's so many joy robbers of us right now. Envy is a huge joy robber. I mean, I am really in style until I go to North Park. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have got to get out more. But then I'm like, you know, my birthday's coming up. And my husband's like, what do you want for birthday? I said, oh, I don't know. been to North Park lately. I don't know. You know, I don't need anything. I was like, really, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. So don't, you know, envy is when you come home and you feel like, you know, your house isn't big enough or you're this and that. Guys, walk in your closet and think, oh, 
I want what I have. What do I have? I mean, just be, don't let envy rob you of your joy. Um, don't let worry rob you of your joy. It, you know, I love Corey Tim Boone says that, you know, when you worry, it really robs you of today, the strength that you have in today. So don't let worry. And I think one of the biggest, um, I mean, again, Busyness is one of the biggest, biggest robbers of our joy. And I know this is a busy season, but don't let a busy season become a way of life. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I was sitting at BSF one day, and and they were like, who here has to go do carpal and do all this stuff? And all these moans and arms went up. And I was sitting there, and these two older ladies, there was probably 500 women in the room, these two older ladies sat in front of me, and they looked at each other and went, they kind of pouted, and I thought, oh! I mean, why am I in a carpool? I mean, a carpool was so easy when my kids were younger and I needed somebody to take a nap, but I was beyond that. Why was I not picking up my kids? Why was I not taking that? So I got out of my carpool that day. I had just allowed that busy season that, oh, well, Gracie needs a nap and I don't want to rob her of her nap. So I would be in a carpool, but it got to the point where she was. So I got out of my carpool that day and listen, ladies, some days I look at my schedule. and I'm like, how am I going to do this, Lord? And it always works out. Gracie comes home and says, oh, mom, by the way, I've got to stay for choir tomorrow till 440. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord worked out that detail. I can get Blaine at 315. So enjoy your, you know, I don't look, I have since then, I have looked at every opportunity. Car time is so important. I mean, they're locked in. They can't get out. I mean, utilize it. Utilize it. Love on your people during that time. Listen to Christian music. Be whatever you can do to fuel yourself. But I'm telling you, don't miss out on that. One of my favorite verses right now. Um, Oh, I was going to tell you in that verse 4 of Philippians, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And I love the way, and I didn't even, I didn't even put it. If you go to Philippians 4 and you look at that verse and it says, rejoice in the Lord always, rejoice is capitalized. And then he says, and again, I will say, he, Paul wants you to get this. And again, I will say rejoice. It's also capitalized. So he doesn't want us to mix, miss that. So I think that rejoicing is a really big thing. Um, one of my favorite verses is my people have done two wrongs. And I mean, I'm trying to memorize this verse right now. My people have done two wrongs. They have abandoned me, the source of living water, and they have created basically for themselves their own cisterns, cisterns that will not hold water. Where are you putting your joy right now, ladies, in things that do not, do not honor the Lord, that are empty? Where are you putting your time and your energy? Because they, they just will not... Um, will not provide the joy that you will find in the Lord. Uh, I love this. When we went to the beach one time, Gracie was determined to have me take some pictures of her out in the surf. And so we went down there, and, of course, some family was taking the white dress picture for the Christmas card. So she was just, I said, oh, my gosh, look at that sunset. And so I took these pictures, and I wasn't even taking them of Gracie. I was taking them of the sunset, but you can tell they're exactly at the same time. But when she was walking toward the sun... Her image, I, I noticed when I got him back, I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, the Lord teaches me so much through, through pictures. But I saw when she was walking away, her image faded. And when she was walking back toward me, her image was so dominant. And I thought, I just started singing that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Wonderful Face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. Guys, keep our eyes on the Lord. We don't, we don't want it to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Um, there were so many. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Don't let the sin that so easily entangles you. Everybody has a fig leaf. I don't know what yours is, but it's something that you've got going on that's sinful. Don't let that sin entangle you. It robs you of what you have right here and the strength that you have right here in the Lord. How am I doing on time, Holly? Do you have your... Oh, I'm doing good. I'm a good girl. Okay. Uh, One thing I was going to say, too, about anger, because I think this is real important. A lot of times, it's our delivery. You know, I was thinking about if I called my mom and said, hey, mom, I'm having a party. Could you send me that big vase from our our big punch bowl from my grandmother? If 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 I was out on the porch and the guy drove up, the FedEx guy, and he came out with a big box and said, fragile, he said, I'm sorry, I really don't have time to bring this to you. He just threw it at me. My delivery, I would be torqued off. Well, that's the way a lot of times our delivery with our kids. If you will just assess your delivery so many times of how you're asking them to do things. And when you go in, if you've got a chore that you want them to do, be mindful if they're, if they're in the middle of building a fort or if they're in the middle of doing something. Just go up to them and take their hands and say, you know what, I really need you to pick up your shoes, and so I'm going to give you about 10 minutes to do that, but I need you to obey mommy and go do it. If you will eye contact and look at them, it'll be so much better. And also, guys, if your kids are tugging at you. You know, so I used to tell my son, I have one nerve left and you're doing a two-step on it. Um, But if they're doing that just because somebody's ringing the doorbell doesn't mean you have to answer. So if if they're pushing on your buttons and all that, you don't have to answer it. Go off in another room and pray about it until you're geared up to go in there and train them and, and walk alongside them. You know, this is not, I mean, I'm going to stress that. It's not, make sure when you have a plan, because this is what it is, your purpose, you got to love, you got to understand God's love, your attitude and anger goes in with that, and then there, we're going to go on to the notice here in a second. But n- remember your purpose. Say, wait a minute. You know, my purpose is toward godliness. I'm, toward, I'm called to train them. I mean, God doesn't, like I said, call the equipped, he equips the called. And that's in Second Corinthians. He gives us our confidence, but we have to ask him, just like our wisdom. So, all that said, we're going to go on, but this is one of my little picks. Of my... Okay, gratitude. Gratitude and entitlement are huge. And I would tell you gratitude should be a word that just, grateful should be a word that just rolls off your tongue. I recently, since Sally's at college, I recently called her and said, hey, let's do something fun. Anything you're grateful for, text me a picture about it. And then I'll do the same. One thing during the day. So the very first picture, I mean, I could cry. The very first picture she sent me was my son. And I just think, she goes, I'm so thankful for Bear today. And I just thought, you know, one thing I think, and I get emotional because probably the one thing I think about, and I've got a picture about that, but it's just family and instilling that your family loves each other. It's just really important, guys, that you model that for your family. But I would say gratitude. I noticed with Sally that every time we went to, we always went to McDonald's. Y'all probably don't even do that anymore, but there's Chick-fil-A and other things. We'd always go and they'd want to get the Happy Meal. So I would walk out to the car after I put her down for a nap and I would see the toy just shanked in the car. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is not, this, she feels entitled. Every time we go to McDonald's, she's like, I want the Happy Meal. And then she probably hardly would ever eat her lunch. So I thought, no more Happy Meals. We're not doing it. So we start with, I mean, all her friends got a Happy Meal, but if there was a special like a Madame Alexander doll, then if she had been really 
walking, you know, a straight line and obeying and respecting, then I would say, hey, you know what, today let's just break all the rules, get a happy meal. But it wasn't something that every time we went. So I carried that with Blaine. We got the American meal, which they don't even make that anymore. And then I carried it on with Gracie. So in any time the mother-in-law or somebody else took her and they got her happy meal, then it became a heart of gratitude because they never got that. So they became so much more grateful. So one day Gracie goes with my mother-in-law and she. So she opens the bag, and she's looking in there for the toy, and it's a matchbox car. And she goes, and my mother-in-law said, I'm sorry. That's all they have was a boy toy. And she said, I'll be grateful. And so my mother-in-law was like, how'd she know that word? But you know what, guys? You do that every day. When the bank guy sees you have three kids in the car, and they send the lollipops, and you get the lollipops, and you hand them out, and your son picks the purple one because he wants the purple one, and I wanted the purple one, and I wanted the... And you hold your hand back out, and they know. They put it in. And they, I put it back in the thing, and I send it back, and I said, you know what? Thank you so much for thinking of us, but you know what? My kids don't have a grateful heart today, so I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to enjoy any lollipops. You only have to do that one or two times, and they're like, I'll take whichever one you don't want. <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, it's just about being that parent that's just saying, I'm not taking anything less. I love you too much. I want more for you. So... People notice. That's my sweet Sally when she was little. But people notice, guys. And I always tell my kids, and that's the first thing I said to Blaine when I reproofed him this week. I said, aren't you glad that people notice? I'm more glad that people love us enough to call us and tell us that you were disrespectful. The teacher slept it off. She said, oh, I just figured he was having a bad day. I said, oh, no, 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 not a bad day. We're in this to raise a godly, respectful young man. So maybe it's understandable but it's never acceptable, never acceptable. So people are going to notice. And I just want y'all to really understand all eyes are on you. I love that good instruction, but a bad example is like pointing your kids to heaven, but taking them their hand and leading them down the road to hell. I mean, you've got to be an example because people are looking at you. And I tell you, I said, you know, the Lord taught me. I told a friend of mine, I said, said, I'm taking two-step lessons. And she said, two-step lessons? I I said, yeah, two-step with the Lord. He's teaching me to take two steps back and look at the big picture. Every day at the end of the day, ladies, I challenge you to sit down and think, okay, Lord, I'm two-stepping with you. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to look at the day. And where could I have been better? Where could I have sharpened today? Did I have some time? Let me tell you something. I understand you're, you're busy and you've got all these things going on, but try to get in God's word. If you don't have time, I mean, hey, we've got it. So my kids come in. Now I've, I'm really fancy. I've got a docking station. And I put my iPad up there and my kids will walk in and go, you know, if I'm listening to that parenting series, you know, behind closed doors, I mean, my kids will walk in again. I'm like, oh, I need it. I need it. I mean, while I'm ironing and doing my stuff, I mean, multitask. Asking, put. The, I mean, you've got. I. I just got my first iPhone, so I'm really fancy now. But put your iPhone. You know, download a message. Do something. Walk around the house. Strap it on. I mean, I am a mom. I'm confessing that it, the state of my bed is the state of my head. If my bed's not made, I'm in a bad mood. So I have to get my bed made. I have. There's chores that I have to do to make me the best I can be. And I, I'm just wired that way. Not everybody's like that, but I'm wired that way. So keep that eternal perspective. Um, look at the way my Sally loves her daddy. Oh my gosh, that makes me want to cry. Okay, guys, don't live for the moment. If you're planning a birthday party and making sure the cups and the napkins match and the little train looks good on the cake, guys, live in the moment. 
It's when your kids, your son's playing in there on the floor and you crawl in there. Let your face light up. You don't need to use words. Let him see on your face. Mommy really loves me. Crawl in there and play a few things with him. Do those things. I wish I had done that more. Be all in. Show up today. Today for your kids. Because home is where the heart is. Only you know. My, my, you know, this is so funny. Blaney, we thought she was a boy. And so they shared a room for six years. And she used to tell me, Mom, I was scared last night. I'm like, honey, why don't you come down and get me? Blaney prayed with me. He loved her from the minute she came out. The minute she came out. And if, if he was dressed up in... He went and rode the mutton buster out in, in Box Springs, and I knew he wasn't going to win because it was like Bubba Jones from Box Springs, and then they said Blaine Hale Jr. from Dallas. I knew that way. But he wanted to ride it, and so he did. And he dressed up in chaps and the belt and the whole thing. And she dressed up. This is actually not the picture, but if he had on baseball outfit, she had on baseball outfit. And if he had on a football, she had a helmet, and she did the, the whole thing. So they were just two little peas in a pod. They loved each other. And this is what I want to instill in you. And this is just a plug for moms. Don't give up on your kids loving each other. And this is where I get emotional. I, I'm really not that close to my sister, and it breaks my heart. I do love my brother, and I'm very close to him. But I started from the very beginning when, when Blaney was born, and I took a picture of Sally, and I stuck it in the little bassinet, and I took her to every doctor's appointment. And when she went, ran up to that deal, she saw her picture. Not him, but she saw her picture, and she thought, that's my baby. And you can see in the next picture, that was his birth announcement, you can see how proud she was. And then you can see her in the car seat, and she was holding his hand. And that's them today, and they are best buddies. I mean, they love each other so much. And then Gracie came along, and I did the same thing for her. I put their pictures in her bassinet. And when they ran to the window, they saw their pictures, and they knew that was their baby. They didn't have to look for Hale. They didn't have to do anything. Blaine went with me to every appointment. Was it, was it hard? Yes, it was hard, but I did it. And if you look at Blaine at his little soccer game, he's holding her hand. And then if you look at the huddle and the team huddle, she's in there with her hand and saying, you know, team, that's, they, Blaine's head got cut out, but he's kissing her feet. That's called the hail sandwich kiss. I remember Sally going off to camp one year, her very first year, and she came home and she was, it was like re-entry. I thought, man, now I know how the astronauts feel, you know, because it was just this turmoil. And my husband said, Sally, everything's been so great while you're gone. What is the deal? And I thought, oh my gosh, that was the wrong thing to say. So I I call him on the phone. I'm like, do not say that. She needs to be welcomed and loved. So the next year she went to camp, we made a huge banner that said, we missed you. And look how proud he is. He's painting the banner and doing all this stuff. And we hung that outside. Every picture I looked back, if you're frustrated with your kids, guys, revisit old photos. That will rekindle your heart faster than anything. If you're frustrated with your husband, bring out the wedding video. I'm serious. Watch it again. Rekindle why you're where you are. But I mean, I just love those pictures because it just says, I mean, I tell you, my kids, I, I asked Gracie today, we went out to breakfast and my kids love each other. And, and, you know, I'm, I mean, you'll look at Blaine this week. Sally's off at college. I know she's made some choices that I wouldn't have made for, but I was telling my community group the other day, this isn't about me. All I can do is love them and encourage them. And, I mean, it's not humiliating me. It's not about me. It's about them and their heart for the Lord. And I have to let go and let God. I mean, I can't, you know, really be. And I thought to myself, you know, really, 
are you guys, when you think about with your kids and just interacting and when you take that two steps back, think about if you're a first responder or if you're a first reactor. And I thought about if you go to Target and you see somebody drop to the ground and need to be resuscitated, are you running around going, oh my gosh, there's a guy down on aisle one? Or are you the one that comes alongside? Are you okay? Are you okay? What are you with your kids? Are you a first responder, somebody that's trained? I mean, you look at somebody that comes to a scene of a crime or a scene of an accident, and they, they have a, a, an intent. They are going, and they're intentional. Sometimes I think we're just flying off the seat of our pants. So I just want to encourage y'all, be that first responder, and that just comes from knowing the Lord. How did I learn scripture? I put it everywhere all over. I printed it, not really pretty, but I printed it. I've gotten so much fancier. I was going to show y'all. A friend of mine now, she has been printing, uh, putting it on. Um, this is actually monogram. Whoopsie. It's actually monogrammed, and she even did Colossians, which I love, and she did this and made this pillow for me. So I'm just getting verses everywhere because, honey, I want to keep storing them in because I know when, when, when I'm, you know, training my kids, I want to be able to pull those out. Okay, we're going to play a little video, and what I want y'all to do is I want y'all to take the back page and write Maybe some questions that you're going to ask your group. But I have a video, just a song that I want you to to listen to. This song, this week, Callie Nixon was going to come sing it, but she had something going on. So I'm just going to play this, and then I just want you all to look at the video and then just kind of jot down some questions if you have them. guess it kind of quit. Um, One real quick thing I was going to tell you before you kind of get your questions going in your table thing is if you have a good plan, then what ends up happening is you end up planting. And just those seeds. And one real quick story was when Blaine, I used to quote every time I spanked him, Philippians 2.14 and also uh, Hebrews 12.11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who have been trained by it. And I was never really sure who was going to get the righteousness and the peace or the obedience, but I knew that it was up for grabs because that was a promise from the Bible. So... This was when he was three. When he was 11, he went to T-Barium, and they always pick godly character traits. And so his coach stood up there, and he said, the two godly character traits I've chosen for Blaine are peaceful and obedient. And I can't tell you, I just started crying. And after the thing, I went up, and I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, God says in Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good, comma, for at the proper time, comma, you will reap a harvest. Well, guys, that was eight years later. But I'm just telling you, it was so wonderful to see God's faithfulness. And so I'm just telling you, when you're planting those seeds, I love in Ecclesiastes, I think it's 11.10, but it just says, so in the morning and so in the afternoon or in the evening, you never know which one's going to take root or succeed. So don't let your hands be idle. I mean, always think, you've got to sow in the morning. I mean, I had a young mom or an older mom, a mentor mom to me back in the time, and I would say, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. She said it's called rooting and grounding. So I will tell you, sometimes it's 10, 11, 12, 13 times, 14, you may be just tired of it, but keep rooting and grounding because once it takes root, then it'll be awesome. If you went to a seed and feed store and you were able to pick out, I want to give my kids humility. I want to give them this or that. You would plant those seeds. So plant, because I'm going to tell you, hold firm, because it really is about plucking weeds, like I had to do this week in Blaine's heart, 
and planting seeds. And it's just a, it's a, it's over and over. It's pluck and plant, plant and pluck, pluck. And I mean, it really just is this continual thing. So don't get discouraged. Get yourself some good community and spur each other on. Utilize the mentor mom's phone numbers. No question is, I mean, we may not know the answer, but we'll pray about it. We'll refer it to somebody else. But we want to help you. We want y'all to enjoy your kids. I enjoy the heck out of my kids. So y'all have a great day. Y'all talk amongst your things, and then we'll have questions in a minute. And thank y'all so much.